Fantasy Campground. My name is Lucas. I'm here with my good friends Justin and Michael. Hey, this is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast by Dungeons and Dragons players. On this week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about character creation in the first episode. Last week, we kind of introduced ourselves and who we are. You should notice a significant upgrade in this week's audio as we have made a serious fiscal investment in the overall property. How are you guys doing this week? Doing great, man. Doing real good. Thanks for having us here. I like the improvement, the mics, the mixer, everything Everything sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to be here. How are you doing, Michael? Uh, doing all right. Uh, the delving into the black abyss that is audio work is ridiculous compared to everything else that is a hobby of mine. It seems like it's all just like, oh, I'm going to dip a toe in it. No, you're not. No, you're not. I now see why people make this like their entire livelihood. Like, exactly. Like audio mixing oh, yeah. and audio just work in general. It just blows my mind, the amount of differences you can make. Little differences. Everything is small, minute, little differences. Even sitting close or far from the mic is it's really fucking me up. It's awesome. So... This week, we're going to talk, like I said, a little bit about character creation and some of the first aspects of that. I have recently started playing that new Baldur's Gate 3, which has an amazing character creator, which spurned a lot of my thinking. Also, going back to low level has its advantages as far as playing uniqueness. So that was one of the things that we were going to talk about this day. Does Baldur's Gate, what did you make in Baldur's Gate? Human Paladin? I am a basic bish, so the first thing I did was create a human male fighter, and I made him look like me, because that is me. If he had PSL, if I could have PSL boots, he would probably have those. Nice. So I really wanted to just, I, I was actually like really, really amped, and it was, a, it was actually a thing. Larian put out a statement almost scolding us as players by making basic characters because the overall data was massively like human fighter like it was overwhelming just to, trying to game out probably that's exactly yeah. i tweeted them and i said i was so excited to simply play the game that i rushed through the character creator and i was yeah. like i am just excited to play that just just to play in general random and preset go i it was almost that way i was like all right narius is a human let's go i do the two three hours of character creator i did that for destiny Oh, you're my wife. Oh, it was ridiculous, dude. I did all that work in Destiny making, like, the face and everything. Mm -hmm. But it was, uh, I don't know if you guys remember when Destiny 1 came out. Like, I didn't know any of the races or anything. Never saw your face again. (laughs) Yeah, well, one, you never see your face again because you wear helmets the whole fucking time. But also, uh, there's this race in there called Awoken. Yeah. Who are, like, blue-skinned people. But I didn't know what the fuck Awoken was. I just knew they were blue-skinned. So I was like, oh, cool. So I made like everything blue, like blue hair, blue eyes, blue skin, blue tattoos. I was thinking, I was like, oh yeah, like a like a blue thing. And you get in there, like no, they're just that's all that's blue is their skin. Like they have regular hair color and shit. So my guy just looked fucking weird as shit. <laughs> just that's you awesome. just blew yourself. Yeah, it's <laughs> too much blue, way too much. And I also thought it was like a Navi thing. So I had like a whole like Indian motif kind of like Native American thing going. No, that's not real. Nope. That's not a thing. That came <laughs> So, yeah, Destiny 2, I, I knew better. Mm-hmm. I was just click, click, robot face, go. But it was it was playing that that kind of gave me the idea for leading into this episode of our second episode of the podcast was that's the first thing you do whenever you start playing Dungeons & Dragons, and that's where a lot of us do all the time. I see constantly on, my, on the online forums is, oh, I have 900 characters that I get to play that I... Or I have 900 characters that I have that I never get to play because so many people enjoy the aspect of character creation because it's like this small little creative device that you have to get to live another world. So I was going to start by asking you guys, what aspect of character creation excites you the most when you're thinking about a new campaign, specifically a long running campaign that you know your dungeon master is going to be running for a long period of time? Well, for me specifically, um, long period of time games differ from throwaways in the fact that I do a lot more humor in my throwaway one-shot characters. I, I make sure it's like a, uh, this is something that I'm only going to play for one time, so I make sure it's got the funny jokes, the callbacks, you know, like I'll, I'll, I don't really care about min-maxing at all. I try to go with like a theme, like for our game, 
Uh, I was a uh, cleric. I wanted to go cleric, and so I wanted to go somebody that can hit hard. So I was like, well, let me. I'm gonna pick somebody who's got like a plus in strength. You know, like definitely. So that was the dragonborn. I picked dragonborn. I thought dragonborns are cool, so I picked that. And then I just went from there. I was like, well, okay, well, if what path am I gonna go as a cleric? So after choosing just regular class and race, then I refined the race based on subclass. So that's when Tempest subclass. So I was like, okay, well, I need to make my dragonborn a little Tempesty, you know, lightning, copper, and, and bronze accents on a blue dragonborn. What other of. class subrace or other what other subclasses were you considering when you started building Bilst? Uh None. Actually, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, cleric, go. Like, I, I looked through a little bit, I guess, for, like, a wizard. Mm-hmm. But so, wizard is very intimidating for a new oh. character. Oh, yes. You know, for, for oh, a new player. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I first opened that player's handbook, all of, like, all the classes look cool to play. And then you get to wizard, it's like, no, 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 turn it back. Like, here's I'm the largest, largest... Um, class section yeah. in the player handbook. And it seemed like it was the most like, you're going to screw this up. <laughs> and way too many damn spells. Yeah. Don't don't even bother. Go back to cleric or sorcerer, you noob. You know, so... I was excited to be a, a cleric. I thought it was cool. I didn't realize clerics were healers. Honestly, to tell you the mm. truth. I didn't realize that was a thing. I mean, they don't have to be. Right. Well, that's the great thing about 5e is you don't... I, I really don't think healers are necessary. I know it's like a run-on joke in our campaign that I don't heal, but... I, I don't see the need in 5e to heal when there is no penalty for low HP. Like, you can be at 3 HP and you are just as effective in battle as if you had full HP. I have a full, I have a like three sentence answer to that question. Like, if you changed the manner in which spells and abilities were given as HP decreased, you instantly would make healing that much more important. Absolutely. If Absolutely. a spellcaster could not use their highest level spell under a certain amount of health. But I think the reason they don't do that is because there's already penalties on spellcasters for spell slots. Absolutely. That if Absolutely. they start adding more... Nice. <laughs> nope, that time down. <laughs> if, they, if you start adding more restrictions to spellcasters, all you're going to do is get everybody who just... I'm just going fighter. You know, I'm just going it, ranger. It, I would make it work, but... In my home, in my, in my cruel little sense, I would just make it the same way. If a fighter is under a certain amount they of health, they don't get an action. <laughs> just straight up don't well, okay, under. instant answer. What if your strength score goes down under amount? Like, right? Are you as strong as you are? I don't know. Some guys See? get stronger as they go through a fight. Yeah, yeah. I don't I'm think literally you can. a barbarian. Oh my god. Yeah. See, again, that is what we're talking about right now. Is why the game goes through playtesting. Yeah. So, Michael. When you start a campaign, what is the first aspect that you think about when you think about your new character for a for a long running campaign? Uh, that's actually honestly changed. Um, when I first started playing, it was in the adventure league stuff, and so which you just show up and play whenever you want. You'll be part of the story if you're there, and it doesn't really matter if you're not. So that was kind of a how far in advance did you make a character before that adventure league? day of like literally I showed day up of. made the character while everyone was spot. getting set up that's yeah. awesome nice so uh, that has changed a lot recently uh, when we switched to our first when the, this campaign we're currently playing uh, I decided that yeah I, I liked Warlock because I had played one during Adventure League I just wanted to tweak it up a little bit I made him a bit of a backstory like half a page uh, I left a lot of it up to uh, our previous DM to kind of make up a you lot made of that warlock uh, before they had the new subclasses for like Hexblade and stuff like that so you yes. kind of made them almost like what a Hexblade would be later on oh yeah are you upset the, that you never got to play like a Hexblade warlock and that was kind of your jam uh, it kind of it was a little upsetting that it did things a lot better that, like what I intended no worries coming back don't worry yeah no, he's, no he's not. He's never yeah, coming back. Uh, he's in Ravnica. He's walking around with a bag on his head, shackled. No, I, I was I was slightly upset because it did the things that I wanted to do better with having to make him, you know, part, 
he started off, I think he had one or two levels in Fighter, and then the rest of it was Warlock. Right. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. Pact of the Blade. So. Did you go into it wanting to uh, cross-class? Multi-class. Multi-class, yeah. Um, no, not initially. Was that uh, just and then to I fill found... the holes of a certain theme you wanted to do, or was it more for, like, I need to be stronger, so I'm going to throw a couple levels of Fighter in? Uh, actually, it all came from his uh, backstory, pretty much. Uh, since we were starting off at a little bit higher, you know, we weren't starting off at level one. Uh, yeah, I think you it, and Jeremy came in at what three? Uh, I think we started off at two or three. Yeah, two or three. So it started off with well, he wasn't always a warlock. He grew up a, a huge portion of his life, you know, as a, as an urchin and stuff. But Just I didn't want to make him a rogue. So, I was, but if he was a fighter, if he was kind of like you know the enforcer of this group of kids he was in, uh, that would make sense for him to have one level of fighter. Yeah. Uh, so I did that and then turned that into the, you know, after what happened happened, he became a warlock. and So it wasn't really mechanics or anything like that. It was just kind of what made sense with the backstory. But also it did kind of fit with his, you know, fighter sword theme. So did you come with the backstory before you assigned classes and race and everything? Like, did you have uh, an it, idea of the character w- before you so went into it? It was kind of all at once. I was going to really. say, it sounds like it was just a kind of an organic, just he was created because i didn't think about background at all like it wasn't until a couple months playing that i even started thinking about a black background that's yeah that's where and i think that's where a lot of people who come from the video game aspect and they say i want to play dungeons and dragons that's where their brain goes first is what am i going to do yeah right like that's the first thing you ask yourself is what am i going to do right whereas i think people who enter this who don't play a lot of video games who come from like an art or like a, like a narrative background, they first, they ask themselves the question, who am I? Exactly. What, what was I? You know, that's what Andrea is. Andrea is who is Avalith. That's, you know, she makes herself do what she needs to do in the moment. Her, her focus 99% of the time is how does this affect the narrative? So I got a question with that. She played your newest campaign that you're going to be starting, she plays a character that she was before. Mm-hmm. Is that something that's very common in D&D is to bring a character back out of retirement or to restart the same character and do the same thing again? I found that I would say probably that she didn't not. want to try something different. I would say probably not. And the reason is, is because of the way that the last campaign ended. It was we had hit such a high point in narrative and then it was so abruptly stopped. It was so abruptly stopped Stopped it. That's the word. Stopped it. It was so abruptly ended by family drama, or you know, and you played with your brother. I played with my sister and my yeah, and my and my brother. Well, he was a boyfriend, and they stopped seeing each other. So it was very hard to continue (laughs) a game between them. And yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, they they had friends that were each other, and it was one of those scenarios where people couldn't continue. So that was the thing. I didn't know that. I thought it was honestly just a timing thing. I thought people had jobs and babies. And no, some play. of them didn't have jobs at all. That made D&D really easy. But Andrea and I had such a great character narrative going with this first version that she felt compelled to start it over. Now, I will say this out loud. The version that she was is nothing like it is now but it's, it's the same a, character name it's the it's same, same character class it's and we've had race. the discussion that it's literally only the same in name and class not now. race different race yep oh okay yep. I thought it was yep. the exact same character no no it, the, the amount of changes that have occurred because of the way and this is and this was going to lead into my next thing this is a perfect segue because of how much I've worked with her being the dungeon master and the way that the world has shaped and the rules in quotations of the world so to speak have changed the character that is one of the most that like when you get into a long-running campaign working with your dungeon master on character creation can be some of the best things or if you want to have sort of a like this is my character and i made this character and i want you to put him into the world they can both work but andrea and i andrea wants to have so many questions answered pre- start like she wants to have like she wants to know exactly what has happened in the world up to the moment that she starts whereas you your character striker you have presented a backstory to me and you are just like ready to go like the like you're saying all right i'm ready i'm a big believer in like the one page backstory 
Mm-hmm. Just the, this is where I come from. This is why I'm here. Go. Like it's, I don't. And there don't are think, no wrong ways to do it. Yeah, I don't That's think there's a very. Yeah, I don't think there's a very. A lot of people use world building in their backstory. Like I know with your newest character, it's an eight page, multiple chapters. I wish yes, it was only eight was, pages. I was about to say uh, where you <laughs> have me, the pages. complete opposite. Yeah, where it's, I don't you know. I, like the world building, I think should be on the DM. I don't think the the players should just be like. I just I'm in the world you build around it. Do you know how much it helps me to know that he knows the city just as much as I do? No, I didn't know. That's that. extremely know. that's extremely knowledgeable. It's 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 a rare thing to have someone who can help you with the city like okay, so specifically at the level we're at where I want people to feel the realism in in so far as like I know where street names are. You know, that's it. That's that's we're talking about what I would call peak level D&D. That only comes from the players and the DM having a simultaneous knowledge of certain areas. Now, if your backstory calls for you being a wanderer, then there was no need for that. But if you were a noble and you don't know anything about the city that you apparently grew up in, how can you claim you were a noble? Okay, well that brings up an interesting thing about backgrounds. How soon into a character do you come up with that background? What do you do... I know personally, uh, um, Faust. It, it, I didn't. I chose a background that was just. It goes with the class. Cleric, acolyte. Boom. Like I didn't think anything of the character Faust himself being an acolyte. That that came through gameplay, but there was nothing. I didn't choose the background because of the character. It was literally class background. I didn't think that they could be even separate. Looking at it now, I would have chose something like Hermit or something like mm-hmm. that or something that was kind of a different kind of juxtaposition to Cleric. War Criminal? Something. That'd be nice. Now, I, get, I, I take nice, kind of a, nice two different war. approaches for that. So it really depends, like you were saying earlier. So for one-shots, it's either I'm looking for what gives me the best benefit. Uh, so mechanics-wise... Or, You're um, talking background specifically? Yeah, background specifically, because you do get proficiencies and certain skills on them. So, uh, right, I chose that Warforge who had the cartography background, just mm-hmm. to have the tools, cartography tools, to be kind of useful. Yeah, that's well for one shots. I'm looking for like, oh, yeah, what'll give me, uh, you know, proficiency in insight or proficiency in perception, because those are some of the most used skills. That's for one shot, for though. For, for what backgrounds cause uh, proficiencies like that? I didn't know there was any. For uh, most just about perception? all of them. Yeah, yeah just oh, about yeah. all of them. You get uh, proficiencies. Dude, acolytes and... garbage. Well, like, you're a religious, well, you're a religious person, so it makes sense. <laughs> Acolyte mm-hmm. gets like free stay in a temple. <laughs> well, you also get those on top of it. Uh, I, I, mo- I want to say all the backgrounds give you certain proficiencies. I don't remember. I don't. I'll have to look it up. I, maybe insight. I don't know. It, and the, that's the other thing is it could be rolled into like you're already proficient because you're yeah. a cleric anyways. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and that's another thing. If you're you know I'm looking for one shots. I'm trying to get the most the spread out of it. Yeah, the spread. So this I already have these from this class and this race. So this background's going to give me a little bit more. Whereas in campaigns, I didn't think about that at all. It was so for nowhere. It was literally like okay, and I already had a, a, in my head that he was you know an orphan, kind of growing up in the city. This oh, is hey, there's in a, the adventure league. You had this too, or was this no, a different character? This no, was for the this start. This was for nowhere at the start of our campaign. You didn't you didn't play nowhere in the adventure league. No, I played a warlock, but I played an entirely different warlock. Okay, did you so. have a background then too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you chose to stay the same class, but you changed backgrounds up. What, what oh, yeah. was the need for that? Just because well, of the story? Well, I changed background and I changed the... Um, Subclass? Yes. Yeah. So he was a... The one I played in Adventure League was Pact of the Tome. Uh, so it was pure spellcaster warlock. Okay. Uh, he, and he played entirely differently. He really relied kind of like uh, on Mask of Many Faces. So like Ford from Critical Role, he's always had a new disguise. Uh, the DM for Adventure League was like, okay, just just... When it comes to it, tell me what you look like because you don't have to keep telling me you're changing stuff. <laughs> so, uh, which came really useful when we came up to a bugbear uh, and hobgoblin roadblock and they didn't yet see us, and I just turned myself into a bugbear and walked up and shot the shit. The DM didn't really like that because he really wanted us to fight. Nice. So, but yeah, going back to it, the for making stuff for a campaign, 
like I said, for nowhere, I already had the idea he was an orphan, and then I found, oh, hey, there's an urchin background here. That's exactly what he was, was mm-hmm. a street kid in a city. And then for Amidius, I already had the idea that he was going to be an aristocrat's kid, and the noble background fit perfectly with that. So Right. Not, nothing mechanics-wise went into that. It was just all... You know, uh, where's the story? You know, where's the story for this person? So, Amidius is a rogue, right? A bard. Bard, yes. Bard. So, when you're making the bard character, do you specifically choose different proficiencies that are away from the noble proficiencies? Because I, I know noble is what, like, you get to request an audience. You get. I think hit in history. History. I believe I get a history proficiency because how else? How else would Narius have a history proficiency other than the fact that I grew up in this school? Paladin. Mm. Yeah. Paladin no, no, bullshit. that's that's definitely a noble thing. Fuck paladins. No, we're great. We're no, great. yeah, no. It, everything for, Me, big hit for Amidius was definitely not like that. Like even the even the bard thing was just because I had the idea that uh, the college whispers sounded really cool, and I was like, yeah, this idea for for this noble that kind of wants revenge on other nobles, right. being able to take people's faces and frame them and stuff. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. So I'm gonna make something with that. As far as what proficiencies like I chose for it, it, it was nothing like I want to get the best mechanical use out of it. It was this makes sense for his like for him himself. And that's where I was gonna that's where I was gonna go next to was when you're thinking about characters, these classical archetypes that always come up are are the they're the classics for a reason, but a slight turn, even like what you did with Emidius making him a bard, but a noble bard that is not into the traditional like singing and dancing and seducing. You know, these are the subtle changes that you can make in a character that don't even that don't affect you mechanically. Like you can still do everything that you want to on the board when the minis come out, but it changes his entire personality from a, you know, the Yaskier from The Witcher, Scanlan, you know, the and these are great bards, but if if you want to make subtle changes, just take that classic trope and just make a slight left turn. Like, all right, he's not gonna be like that, but he still he still has his own way of being persuasive. The word persuasive has a multitude of meanings. There's also something to be said about fully leaning into that trope though, too. Picking the noble paladin. You know what I mean? Like Oh, like I said in the beginning, I'm a basic bitch, and that's exactly what I made when I first made my character. I was like, all right, I have only one way to go. It makes me big hit things fast with Noble Paladin. Yeah, it it makes for a very easy character creation and something you can put spins on in your flaws or in some kind of like. Would you say that he is that same person that he was at the beginning of campaign? Narius, I mean. No, I think when you chose to uh, multi class into Bloodhunter. I, th- I think that really changed him up a lot. And that was really cool. I, I can't stand multi-classing. I, I think it's just garbage. Because your brain is I'll wrapped around mechanics a lot. I, I love it so much. I it just don't want to so be behind. Flavor. You know, I don't like being behind. You know, you get, so there's certain levels where it's like, this is a cool level to hit. So it's like, mm-hmm. I would always mm-hmm. be thinking, of like, I'm, I should be level 14, but really I'm a 12 because I took two fucking levels in Rogue and fuck it. Like, this sucks. But you, but you would love every time you go sneak attack. No, uh-uh. no, no. I've, I've I've thought about it before, and I've I've worked into multi-classing like characters like on paper, and I'm always like, no, Mm-mm. maybe maybe for a one shot. But even then, one shots are so quick. You mm-hmm. know, it's one or two sessions by definition. It's, so it's hard to see a lot of the benefits from one shot unless unless yeah. your DM puts you in a lot of scenarios. Or unless you get the level high enough where you're like, okay, this one shot, we're going to go in at 15. Right, you know? so right. So it's like, okay, I can kind of bring a couple levels in from here. Or there. But then even then, I'm like, it's just a one shot, one or two sessions. I'm just going for memes. You know, like I'm just going for the ha-has at that point. Whereas I think... Three quarters of the characters that I've made, they're all they've all been multi class. All yes, yeah, pretty yes. much. I've noticed that. Yeah, you multi class so, almost all the time. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun having different Again. abilities and stuff. Uh, I, I'm thinking I might keep the Midius just straight bard, but like even the uh, Harlan, my paladin, mm-hmm. who ended up being a, a paladin rogue. rogue. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yes, that was really cool. Retribution assassin. Yeah, yes. he was. Living that, Dead or something, right? Or, 
Uh, no, well, that was just kind of a backstory, and that was I made him. He had been resurrected by Andy's Mm -hmm. character Mm -hmm. uh, as kind of a one-off thing Mm -hmm. for her um, cleric or cleric of the grave that she had. Uh, It was kind of a cleric. Yeah, cleric of the grave. And that's a good segue into how to increase your your character building early on. If you have a group that you know is set, people that you know. You know, when you're playing online and you're meeting new people, it's a little difficult. But if you have a group that you know, reach out to those other people and say, hey, what are, you know, are you thinking about anything for character building? Does your character have an opening for another character to meet in? These are the opportunities for you to work with somebody that really builds that really unique backstory with Andy and Ross and building their backstory together it's been awesome and these are two people that don't live in the same city my wife lives here in houston and ross lives in austin and they have built a character backstory where they've lived together for the last six months and it it totally gives them a dynamic that is very unique from day one on their characters and well even in our campaign you had nowhere and in and uh avalith also had like a connection of sorts going through the whole thing and and even ross's character in this current campaign and being part of the church of bahamut you know brought in our characters to kind of play back and forth with so it was i i I agree with you that it's always nice to have somebody else at the table to kind of lean on for things and it makes great scenarios when you're in a town or in a temple or even in a dungeon in the middle of a fight the less the dm talks is better yeah. The less opportunities for uh, beholders, to, beholders to strike. I'm not a big of the loner who is thrown in a group that doesn't want to be in the group. You know, kind of like what uh, Jeremy's character was at the beginning. Uh, right after Nowhere left, he became this like recluse who was just never around. And I oh, get it was yeah. his character, but at the same time, I'm like, man, you're you're barely in any session. You 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 hide in the shadows so much that it's like, what's the point of even playing there? But I, I get it now, and he's slowly right, right. It, it makes sense to us that, in the in the later stages because we yeah. understand what he was going through. But, but at yes. the time, I was right. like, man, that's right. that's ridiculous that he's just crazy loner. You know, it's a weird that's a weird thing to bring to a group. Is I'm the guy who isn't here. You know, and that's you kind of sometimes you talking about things among the group it definitely helps things out with that because that was right after I took over his DM and I had, I had talked to him a, bit, a little bit about it, about being, you know, the whole owner thing. And he did explain, uh, but there's a reason know, behind it. Yeah. The, the whole reason why, well, you know, his, his only real friend among this group, uh, cause him and nowhere had been adventuring right. before yeah, you guys yeah, yeah. showed up. Was it plan died Delta? Or, it, was yeah. the, it was the run on joke. Plan, uh, plan Delta was always the, <laughs> the two of them leaving kill, everybody behind. Kill the teammates and run. So, but yeah, it was, you know, his only I'm real friend danger. had just disappeared and been taken and now he's left with these other people. So it took yeah, him a little bit to warm yeah. up. So, but then I could see how some other people might take that a little bit too far. Um, you know, I, we, we've, I played with a couple of people that just, they don't work well with the group and, and, and it's uh, all was, for, I've seen it. That was literally going to be my next question was how would you deal with a negative player? Somebody who's this like, is like one of the most popular subjects on any yeah. forum is like, how my would character you wouldn't do that. My character wouldn't be there. I would just leave that kind of situation. Like not wanting, like my character wouldn't be in this situation. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, I was actually going even to a different area, like a player character that is anti team and like actively does things to uh, fuck with you and like steals from the group because like that's one of the biggest things character. in a random in a random group is negative players trolls like literal trolls yeah. in your own Pink group pocket your own teammates yeah exactly yeah. we were so lucky and i tell people online so much we are my group was so lucky that we had random people get together and nobody was a bad teammate nobody like i can never say anybody was a bad nobody was a rogue not the it's always the rogues that come up because it's I don't know if it draws those it's kinds of people yeah. well, it's the it's assassin, assassin. Right? So yeah, before we started the... this campaign when me David and Jeremy were still in uh, doing Adventure League stuff the mm. right before event, the DM left for Adventure League we had a guy that his character died so he ended up making a rogue and his rogue was one of those guys Just the he was oh I'm gonna trope. I'm gonna steal from everybody while they're sleeping and 
I'm gonna. Fuck that guy. We were doing something <laughs> as a group, and somebody went to go grab something, and oh, they went to go loot a body, and he's like, "Nope, I'm gonna shoot him in the hand. I'm gonna pin his hand to the body." Yeah. Like, why? Why would you do that? And he's like, "Because it's what my character would do." I tell you, it's those but, kind of stories that like make me never want to do eventually. I'm glad the that local comic shop stopped doing it, kind of thing. Basically, you guys were the last ones. Yeah, yeah, we pretty much were. Wow. The, uh, the the main guy wow. who DM'd it ended up getting yeah. too busy to do it. I remember when it first started, and you guys were telling me about it eventually. So I went in there, and I was like, "Hey, you guys still do eventually?" And he's like, "No, because <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. It's because nobody yeah. wants to DM it because they don't want to deal DM with those people. Because nobody right. wants that kind of responsibility in like a pickup game, you know? Exactly. Like, who wants that? That's it, it. It is. It's a lot of mental capacity. Like especially I, when it's not the same people every week. That was. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like I could not put the mental capacity into making a campaign for random people and having no idea who I was gonna be dealing with every week. I wouldn't yeah. do it. Plus, I, having to censor yourself. Adventure League is all oh, ages, right? Exactly. Like yeah. Exactly. About. Yeah. Yeah. You and, can't do it. It's, in it's inside a comic shop who might have you know. Yeah. Weird rules so about drink, what you can and can't say. Right. Yeah. You can't. Even say if you can't curse, things. you can't deal with any adult themes. No, you know, you can't yeah. deal with anything that's too any any one direction for anybody. Well, even the themes thing. I mean, it, it's in, it's Adventure League. They give you the can thing to do. So that's right. But that's yeah, right. it's it's just having to deal with a multitude of people that you don't know. Yeah. Now, speaking of, like, adult themes in character creation, is there is there any, when you're making a character, is there any, like, physical thing that you're like, oh, I want to stay away from this, or I want to, I want to lean into that, like... Uh, Huge ankles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no. Um, so, for the first campaign, let's see, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, we're going to go back into my childhood for a minute. Um, I have always... And, and you're going to learn something right now. I've always had the name Narius in my head since I was yeah. like 12 years old. I have used that particular name for all my make-believe characters in everything yeah. for always a long time. And I, never, and I never knew what it was meant for. Mine was Bellstriker. No way. Yeah. You're making that up right now. No, it's my name in every MMO that I've ever played. Every, every, every video game I've ever played, it's always been Bellstriker. So when I went to D&D, I just cut it in half. And that was one campaign, and now the second. You one. just like really like grew my heart, like like that really like. Do you know how much like that you just helped? blew my mind? Right, right. <laughs> that was no, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So so Narius was always a name for me, and then when I started making him, like I was like, all right. So again, I'm gonna tell you, like I was like, all right. So what would I be if I was a huge, if, if I was six foot three and I could swing a sword? Because I'd never played D and D before, right? So I was like, right. all right. And and the way I play video games was. I did the same exact thing, y'all. I opened that book. I saw that spell casting list. And I was like, <laughs> no. Uh, but I knew I didn't want... Because I was reading forms. And I was like, all right, fighters are for basic bees. Again, you're making, you're making my heart like sink right now. Um, so fighters were like, all right, if you, if you don't... The form on the fighter was, if you want to show up and roll dice and then look at your phone, play a fighter. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then they were like, all right, if you want to be... If you want to be high level because paladins are for advanced players because you have to understand smites and you have spells, but you also get to where, attack. Where did you find this information? At? So when I start, so when David was like, "All right, we have a group. Like we have a group." I bought the player's handbook and then I went on to Reddit and I was like, "New player Reddit thread." And I was reading like, "Oh, this is your first D and D campaign." Yeah. This, oh, oh yeah, that. absolutely. I had never before. played Dungeons and Dragons ever before oh, this, okay. and I got my wife to sign. I, she was girlfriend at the time. I got my girlfriend to sign on. I was like, hey, we're going to do this thing. Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm children's now. Uh, I was like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to go play this game. It's like a make-believe game. Like I was like, I'm pitching it to her. Like We're going to go play this make-believe game. And she's like, with who? I was like, some friends from work. And I remember her saying, like, so this would be like a one-week thing. I was like, yeah, probably a couple weeks. We'll play a little couple-week game. That was also shot. That was four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Narius was... My iteration of a lifelong character that got to come to fruition with being a paladin because I don't care about it. You had that much wherewithal that you were like, I'm going to make this character in case this thing lasts four years? Yep. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. I was like, all right, if this is, if this is a long or anything, this is going to be my guy. I was like, dragon's cool. Dragon, dragon, <laughs> dragon. <laughs> <laughs> cool dragon. Yeah, there was no, and that shows the difference. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, but 
you were you asked about adult themes and stuff, right? When yeah, when it's specifically in character creation, yeah. do you even think about that? Of like, I I, I specifically no, no, that stay wasn't. away from that. I, I'm like. No, I've, I don't. I've read too many horror stories. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That D and D That's where stuff has, weird. has literally like scarred me from any kind yeah. of weird adult things in D and D because I'm like, I never want to be in that situation at all. Yeah, the closest I got was Nowhere's backstory. Just left it super vague of you know, eh, maybe people taking advantage of street urchins. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But that was mostly in working them more right. than anything else. Right, right. So and then. As a DM, they, that you kind of start hitting on things there with the way certain things could go and what people are comfortable with. Because um, now this think, is your first DM session too, right? Was our campaign or yeah. have you DM before? Yep. No, you, not DM DM. No. So do you I had to stay away from adult things when you DM. Also, is that intentional or, or do you? No, I think it's it, it has more to do with you guys. You guys don't really get into a whole lot of situations exactly. that are like exactly. that. Well, I remember uh, was it Sheila the Tabaxi? That was that was that was possibly the most adult thing I've seen in our session. It was, really wasn't much. Like it, listeners, please don't take this the wrong way. It wasn't like a weird sex thing inside the game. It was it was very quick. It was maybe mm-hmm. half of one session. Yeah. And now it's just callbacks to it. Yep. Really, is all right. that exists. And that was uh, honestly that was David. Uh, but that was in all fairness, he really liked the adult things. He did. He went into <laughs> he it. Did. Even right. in character he creation, it. he made a character that was a barbarian, or not a barbarian. What was the one that was the wrestler? Was oh the man, right? yes, he loved like the and naked a, oil wrestler, up wrestler with the cock with the with the a, cock piece and everything. Yeah, piece, exactly. Piece. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but like a diamond encrusted codpiece wrestler monk, yep. and it was like everything that happened. He tried to twist it in a, in a not in a sexual sexual way, but in a very adult themed way, very over the top kind. Very of stuff, over yeah. the top, yeah. So, and that really just had, like I said, it has to do with the uh, the players and you know what they want to do. Uh, and when I took over as DM, I kind of had to gauge. I had already played with you guys for. Uh, a few years or a year and a half or whatever I already had a good handle on you know what you guys wanted to do I didn't really have to worry about you guys getting into those kind of situations um, I think that the closest we got to adult theme would be Avalith getting taken by the Mind Flayers Mind Flayers yeah, yeah and, I was going to lead into that yeah so we got I mean we got really close to her being tortured and where where would you have stopped it if if we didn't show up where was where was where would the line be it would have been a it would have been a fade to black moment it would have been Absolutely. a description Absolutely. of her in that chair uh as they kind of get ready to do things and then you know, the best things in D and D are left to the imagination. I, I agree always that. believe that. I don't think you need to describe no. everything. I no. think certain things can be a fade to black. Or this a, is where I'll step in and say a DM disclaimer: always, always talk to your players about what you're talking about, what you're thinking about going through. Like definite, always, you never know what someone's gone through. You never know what someone is dealing with. Absolutely. If you're, if you're, go to the D and D subreddit and yes, you will see oh my god, a million horror stories. RP, RPG horror story. Yes, it is. It's awful. It's oh, awful. is that an actual subreddit? Yes. I'm joining it. That's that's what I would say is the is the goal of this podcast is to try to give you the listener the best D and D game you as a dungeon master or a player can have and there is, and the first rule of anything is talk openly with your with your friends because hopefully they're friends. That's what you're. That's what this is about. This is about having fun with your friends. I don't think we did though. We didn't. We've never had an open conversation. We're super freaking lucky. That well, I like I said, my whole thing is I I stay away from it as far as possible because of those horror stories. So I I absolutely don't go there. And we are all adult enough to know that the best things are fade to black moments, like what you were saying, Mike. Like you, like really, like the best things are to where you don't know what happened because they're in the dark. So, when dealing with adult themes, the overall the overall thing when character creation everything is, yeah, you can have fun, especially in those throwaway characters. If you want to make if you want to make the diamond encrusted copy. Yes, if you want to. Yes, I, I and <laughs> yeah. as we, I was going to lead back to that, 
anything that David did wasn't distasteful. It was just an overall theme. No, and plus we knew him for years. For time, sure, so exactly. We knew it wasn't anything creepy or weird. Exactly, exactly. When you're exploring adult themes in D and D, be tasteful, be adult, talk to people about what you're talking about, and, and you'll have do a good. The first session players. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and also get a feel for kind of how other people are going to be playing it because we had I think in that that one session where he had that monk everyone else was pretty they had characters you guys had characters similar to the normal campaign it was serious characters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then out of nowhere comes the luchador exactly la chupacabra la, that's what yes. I was la chupa, la yes. chupa oh, thank you sorry it was el, el, <laughs> el, la, el chupacabra. la chupacabra the devil yes. the, 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 the. Oh my goodness! Oh my brain! Oh my brain just like sucked back in. Oh lord! And that's that's a big thing uh, for character creation is you gotta talk to the other people. Uh, mm-hmm. Make sure what you're doing. You can do your own thing, but if you are the only person that's gonna be doing that thing, or you're, you know, over the top, whereas everybody isn't, that's when David switched from being a DM to being a player, and he was making his uh, making Theodore. Uh, he he was like, yeah, he's gonna be wearing uh, two sizes too small, <laughs> yeah. pressed white shirt with later hosen, and he's dude. his it's whole thing was he wanted to wear just, like ripped, you know, like he's just jacked, yeah. squished into some later hosen, yeah, yeah, barbarian. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, okay, that's that's funny. It's funny. Uh, it might does, not be funny a year from now. Does that fit now. in with the campaign? Yeah. And no, I was like, well, no, uh, yeah, no, I can see what you're saying there. Yeah. So it's it's he the talking it about it. Teddy, though. I thought was a very uh, well-rounded character. I really liked Teddy. I thought it was, I thought the things he did as Teddy were very uh, brevity. They brought they brought great brevity. And that's a necessary character yeah. in a lot of campaigns yeah. because if you have someone who wants to play the the solemn, melancholy character, yeah. you need someone who breathes who breathes a fresh air air into the group absolutely I think it's uh, I think if everybody's too serious you get into a whole other issue that you get in with uh, you know everybody else just talks talk 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 talks and then there's the one character that nope we're doing this let's go now that's yeah, yeah. that's what I like to be sometimes yeah. that's what I like Narius to be sometimes is the reckless fool because the reckless fool drives things sometimes and it makes yeah. things happen when people are stagnant my wife in life and especially Dragons. I love you, Andrea. Paralysis by analysis. She wants to understand everything. She speaks 36 languages and has a 25 passive perception because she wants to know everything. For all you listeners out there, she actually doesn't speak 36. Not in real life, no. But and in she the game. specifically avoids anything more than like a paragraph on spells. She won't even choose spells if it's, if it's too wordy. Which is like, so weird. In the game... In the game, you're the most nerdy. You have all the languages. You read every book we come across. In real life, you're like, it's more than two sentences. I can't be bothered. She's going to stab <laughs> us all with a spoon. <laughs> it's hilarious. But no, I, I, I think uh, I think character creation in general is a is a good time to explore options of like you said with with what she's doing of being the thirty six languages. Like, what what is the what is the goal you're trying to accomplish of maybe not in combat but in in your character specifically like oh i want to lo- i want to know all the languages i want to mm-hmm. know all the different weapons you know that kind of thing i, I think, think it's a good thing whenever you start to think you know i i say this with a little bit of asterisk try to never make D a video game in your mind it's not played it's it's not it's played like a video game it's it's not but there, there's that moment when you're playing a video game where you see your, like in an MMO, when you see your character at level one, and then they let you see it at fifteen. I agree with that aspect in the in the with the mindset of think about your character at level one, and and try to think about what you'd like it to be in 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 your own mind of what you'd think about in this character at at a higher level. Do you want her to be a sage? Do you imagine her as a? Do you imagine her as a sort of like? You know, as a and that's where that's where the tropes are helpful in this world. Brain, and my brain is literally going well, there right now. That's also like that paralysis by analysis. Would that stop you from making a character because you were saying, "Oh, I want to be a sage at level 15. I shouldn't choose a character like a fighter." You know, I mean, you're you're. 
you're literally choosing things now in hopes that your game reaches so, level. 14. Okay, okay. So so now what we're having so now we're having a discussion. So when you start when you start making a character, you don't look past a certain like when you're looking at the um, level one, man. That's all I look at. See, I, I, oh man, I go far. Oh, I, I looked at it's, all it's, those things because I looked at what I wanted. I wanted Narius to be at a later level. It was tough for me making this new character who's going to be a barbarian, knowing that I have to choose something at level three. I'm like, ah, that's oh, too Lord. far ahead, man. <laughs> that's that's just too far gone, that's man. Too much. I, I don't even know if I'm going to make it past yeah, the, the so door yeah. of the tavern. Yeah, that's so now why cleric was great because level one you get your subclass. That's so weird too. I because I'm looking at Bard. Bard's at three. I think Warlock's at three. Fighters at three. I, I, most everything's at three except Rogues for cleric. Three. Monks, I think, are one as well. Yeah, uh, they might be. Yeah, monks, clerics, war- warlocks are one, right? Mm. Or is that three? There's some no. So maybe uh, uh, it's been a long time since I've looked need, at we it. Need a book. We don't have. Oh my god, we're D and D podcast. We don't have the books. But we, don't, uh, we don't know the books by heart. I think with Warlock, you choose your patron at level one, yes, and then that your is specific tome, chain, blade, hex blade, whatever Shad, the fuck they have now. Now it's like eight different ones. I think it's great. I love some classes. I played Warlock before. It was cool. <laughs> That's the best thing I've heard all day. Uh, as a DM, allowing Unearthed Arcana, allowing outside-the-box subclasses is always a sort of uh, a talked-about Talk, not yeah, issue. Talk. Issue is the wrong word. It's a talked about subject. I allow everything. I am. I am the yes man. I want you to feel freedom. No, that's bullshit. Because you didn't allow races. And that's for a narrative reason. I have a narrative reason <laughs> for be, that. I have a narrative reason for that. There's a, there's an entire story when you understand you it. It will make me a turtle. You can't. <laughs> no. That's okay. So. Hey, it's the same thing in the current campaign. You can be anything you want, but turtles do not fucking exist. They right? don't. Right. That's bullshit. Portals it's not my fault that the, that the five guys didn't make turtles. This is the world as I present it. But in the world as I present it, I will say yes to you. And just as with everything else, before you start bringing in Unearthed Arcana and other source books, talk to your DM. Don't be like some people who cast a spell and you go, I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, yeah, I'm going to, uh, what was it? That's a great Distort thing. value. I'm like, uh, that's so, not a spell I've fucking heard of before. Oh, it's from Acquisitions Incorporated, which is apparently value. is Hold an official it. book. So when oh, I first started, wow, I, I really wanted to custom make spells. And I thought, as a cleric, Tempest, I can theme my spells to be more Tempest-y. So, for example, Guiding Bolt... Uh, instead of radiant damage, I wanted like a lightning bolt to be tempest. Same damage, same everything, but it'd be lightning. And I remember specifically David really having a problem with that. Uh, custom changing spells. Is that something as a DM for normal people? Would that be something that you would be okay with? I know we haven't tried it in our campaign since you took over as DM, but... Absolutely. Flavoring spells. Flavoring spells all day long. No problems. Flavoring, Just, yes. Yeah, talk, talk to about it. Yes. Changing the damage type, that kind of thing you're down uh, with. Yes. Yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. Like, specifically, specifically. Jer- Jeremy has talked with me about changing, like, certain spells to do right. different things. Like, remember, it wasn't guiding, but what was, what's the one that radiant... Uh, it's like a thing that comes down from sacred the sky. Flame. Sacred, sacred flame. flame. Yeah. Yes. It never I didn't fucking think that works would in fit. Gate. I didn't think it would... I don't think it would fit with a Tempest Cleric, because it's fucking fire out the sky you know so I was like can't it be a lightning bolt out the sky it would make a lot more sense but it still absolutely right but it still does the same thing I'm not asking you to change anything mechanically I'm just saying can it be a lightning wouldn't wouldn't let me do it 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 literally was like a point of contention Mm -hmm. I was trying to like pull it for like look me in the face four or five weeks I'll let you change that if you don't like it no I don't spells now I'm a fucking barbarian but you did (laughs) you did talk to him about it I did I did yeah absolutely right right that's right springing it on him and then having issues in the middle do you guys have you guys ever made a character for uh, an online campaign like a Roll20 or anything like that with random people that you didn't know when we were stuck in COVID I did like yeah. I joined a couple. It did didn't too. last more I than a too. couple days I because did one, of COVID. One session. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. But I it was supposed to go every week. I just never went back. I played one. Uh, well, I played a couple, but I, I did play one that I think met three times. God bless the roll twenty DMs who are, who are willing to accept people, Man, knowing that it's going to be one. That's week. awful. It's so. <laughs> it's that. I mean, that's when you got that itch that you yeah. got to scratch. Yeah. Like, just, who wants to DM that? Yeah. Like, 
people who love like who love that digital version. Like I've talked to a lot of people online who really like that digital aspect because they're so good with computers. Like me, it's nice. No, I'm sorry. Unlike me, I need the like table to table interaction. Like to me, I will walk away from my computer screen. I will do sixteen other things. I'll start gambling. I will start doing every other thing except play D and D when it comes to you know online play. That's why it didn't work when we tried to do it. I just couldn't pay attention more. Five that was minutes. the AC that just the shutting off. Shit, man, that thing really picks up that AC. We should probably turn that off every time. Yeah. So what you can do is there's a noise filter, and it requires some silence with that noise in the background. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't think it was picking up at all until it cut out. Yeah, it's kind of like a you know you smell something and you just get used to it. You don't smell anymore. Nose blind. Yes. Yeah. That was made up. Did you know that? That's not an actual thing. Same with the, uh, what is it, the bad breath, halitosis? That's not a medical term. That's a made-up thing by Listerine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. yeah. The fucking... Companies shouldn't be able to make up medical terms. All right. So, getting back to <laughs> getting back to what we're talking about. Um, when you're thinking about using those outside-the-box things... Yes, I do want you to do all that stuff. That's why your barbarian will be able to do in like wild magic because I want you to have yeah, that's, that that's a as long as it fits into. It's a real subclass, like it's been yeah. put out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's very true. That's the thing. That work with your half, DM. Half of the wild magic. Or well, it will be official here in November when Tasha comes out with her sentient teeth, which is the weirdest fucking oh, thing man. ever. So. Specifically in, in character creation, uh, D&D Beyond just released a video a couple weeks ago about how to custom make a subclass. Would you be okay having custom made subclasses yes. that, that aren't in on, on Earth Arcana, that aren't in the normal campaigns or expansions uh, or anything like that? As long as they're not from D&D Wiki. Oh, is there some weird shit there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's all, kinds of, there's all kinds of stuff in there. A bunch of overpowered, yeah. you know, yeah, you can break Gary Stew... You can break the Mary game. Mary really Sue kind of subclass, like oh, ultimately. Okay. Uh, you brought it up. What what are those tropes? I've seen those before. The Mary the Mary Sue is a literature trope. I know that one. But. Good at everything. They're just a great person, and they're good at everything they do. Exactly. What is uh What are some other ones? What is is there? Because I know in Magic the Gathering, there's like Spike. You know, mm-hmm. there's these weird it's, tropes. Of so players. so like, now we're getting into the mechanics of the game. So your character gets class features at a certain amount of levels, right? Yeah, like you have absolutely. your class. And then you have your class feature that that kicks in, and I think every every one of them is different. Three, six, eleven, some some of these different these things. So those, so that's where your flavor of what you're trying to do comes in specifically. But that's crazy customization. Being mm-hmm. like, I want to I want to make my own subclass. It's hard, in my opinion. It's hard to it, because that goes back to the idea of playtesting and balancing. It's hard. F- because these guys are smart. Are you willing as a DM to cancel somebody's subclass at level six that they've worked the whole time in because now it's broken? Something you didn't think would happen? Okay. Like one of the reasons that David was so worried about changing a damage type to a spell was that he didn't know how it was going to play later. I was going to say, the idea of a game being broken means that you as a DM haven't put enough thought into oh, a scenario. Hold on a second. Specifically for Tempest Cleric, there's an ability that allows you to push people away with lightning damage. So having a spell now that instead of doing radiant damage does lightning damage, you literally have a push on demand for a very low-level spell that normal Tempest with regular damage types wouldn't have until like level 5 or level 6. So, looking back, I see why he was. I can solve that problem. Predisposed to two not words. wanting to do that. Saving throw. Yeah. Well. Instantly. I mean, so. So. Okay. So let's say you have that ability, and I let you flavor that with a lightning spell that gives push ability. Now, anytime a character has to make that, make that thing, they have to make a save. Well, and if they make the save, they make the save. I mean, so now That's you're changing you, other aspects of the subclass. We're going to change, yeah. yeah. Or, you, or it just comes down to change. there's something different about that That's sacred it. flame lightning That's that can't yeah. push them. You have what to I be willing to be flexible. Taking sacred flame completely. There is nothing. I don't nothing. think you guys have ever seen me cast it. Nope. I didn't know you still had it. I don't. There's I don't nothing. There's it nothing. It was a cantrip, too. So. The only no, thing that breaks D&D... A cantrip that pushes 10 feet is... 
I mean, no, that's a level one or level two spell there. Yeah, you're Super not. Fun. You do not. Yeah, there's, there's, that's why no, I would say the push. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say that's you don't why, get that push ability with a cantrip. Well, that's why that's the designers it. thought that they can move that into Tempest because there is no cantrip that does lightning damage. Right. That a cleric would get. So I would say I would even let you flavor that. Like I, I would let you flavor that with lightning, and I would just tell you, I'm no sorry, Bubba, it doesn't get no push. Yeah, it's a cantrip. Even no not powerful yeah. enough. That's but it. it's literally coming that's from the sky. The only thing it can do is push them down. Yeah, but that's something you don't yeah. see, you know, level one character because that ability, like you said, you know, subclass abilities come in at six, ten, that kind of thing. I think it came in at level six. That's so that was something, and, and that's when so I going, realized why he was so. Going back to your original thing, I try uh, again. I will cap. I will. I will take my original statement aside. I try to never say no. I want to always say yes, as long as it makes sense. Like, I, do I want you to be able to play Goku? Yes, I want you to be able to play Goku. But does Goku live in this world? Like, I want, I want it to make sense. That's Goku all. Goku doesn't live in any world. That's the whole point. He He's like an alien. He's, <laughs> I don't want to get it. I don't want, now, now it's an anime podcast. But there's, it's the monk subclass. <laughs> that is true. literally Goku. That shoots, well, that shoots energy beams out of his hands. Vegeta is the monk. I think I think Goku. That's what we serve at the restaurant is Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, we're gonna be off to you. But the point the point being, there's a there's there's ways you can change in character creation to flavor spells to flavor your character that there might be an issue later down the line. You get to level five, you get to level six. Oh, now okay. I just broke the game. That was, okay. That okay. That was gonna go back to my point. There is nothing that breaks. D and D, except the fucking magic deck of cards. That's the only thing that really breaks D and D. Because as a DM, I can always, and this is a true statement, I can always say, "All right, I'm gonna take a break for a minute, and I'm gonna look at this, and I'm gonna think about how this, and I'm gonna think about how I can make this not break the game." It's period. It's that. It's that easy. Like I can always say, "Hey, let me think about this for a little bit, and we'll come back if it's at a good point in the game." We're gonna we're gonna stop the session here, Michael. I know you've done this multiple times. All right, I'm gonna we're gonna stop here so that I can think about this, okay. because you breaking the game because it's not a video game. That's a term. That's a term that is instituted in video games where you as a player can do something that I as the system can't beat. No bullshit. His uh, rogue paladin broke that fucking game. Like we we were playing that thing and I couldn't hit him. The uh, so the, uh, that was during the one shot, yeah, and that was a shot. so that was a specific. I misread the rules on that. Oh, you did. Yes. So the reason he was broken is because I misread the rules. You cannot see, take the cheating. dodge action as disengage. I was going to say, see, so, if someone's cheating, see, then we have everything different. No, I, it was so when I went back and I <laughs> was. Listeners, I just want to say it was Curse of Strahd, right? Or Man, no, Dungeon that, of the Mad. No, that was uh, was it Dungeon of the Mad. I think, I yeah, think so. it was Dungeon. No, Bull? it was during your one shot. Because yeah, that's the only thing was, you were DMing. Was I, done. I DM Mad Mage. Yeah. But that was like a couple weeks. True. Couple, sure. couple different. It was like a five shot. But the whole point was as a DM, I couldn't hit his character with anything. He would literally strike, disengage, run away, and there was nothing I could do. Well it was Trust. I was taking dodge as a bonus action. That was because of my misreading of that cunning action. Yeah. So when I was rereading it, because I wanted to remake that character for like, oh, the other campaign we were playing, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. when I read that that cunning action does not include dodge. I thought it did, but it does not. Oh, so geez. I was just re- reading more in the rules. So, you were then, never going to tell me, were you? You were never going to I'm pretty sure up. I did tell you when we started so. playing again. Because I made a I big point so. of it when we started that, that other game where I was playing Harlan. That, oh, he's not going to play the exact same because I can't dodge anymore. Ah, uh, convenient. convenient. <laughs> see, see what I mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. There's, so, so we, okay, so we're talking about one-shots versus a long campaign. And in character creation specifically, we want to try to say there's some kind of mechanic or something you could lean into. Like mm-hmm. for Harlan, you really mm-hmm. leaned into that disengage. Right. Yeah, basically right. having that a... That was your shtick. Yeah, it was, well, making him hard to hit as a paladin. Do you see yourself trying to do that in a normal campaign? Like I know you said you try to make a character or character creation that wouldn't lean so heavily on a certain mechanic in a long campaign, but have you thought about making a, this is my go-to, this is my 
this is my cornerstone of the character is the mechanic. No, no, not for the mechanic, no. I did end up remaking Harlan for our, our full start at on a second campaign. Uh, but that was mainly because of I like the backstory. Of the I like the character itself. It yeah. had nothing to do with the mechanic. When I found that out, I was like, okay, that sucks, but I still want to play him. Fucking cheater. <laughs> How about you, Lucas? Have you ever have you ever made a shtick for a character? I know we we had a yes. one shot where we had a what was it Donald uh, Trump? Yes. Yes. And uh, Bernie, what was it? What was it? Flanders. Flanders. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so no, when Donald Trump was a... Uh, Elephant. Elephant. Elephant, yeah. Was it, what are they called? Lexodon? That's what Lexodon. it was. Lexodon. Yes. Lexodon. Lexodon. Yeah. Yeah. Lexodon. Yeah. Lexodon. So, Lexodon. yes, that yeah. specifically, we were, having, we were having fun, and it was just a completely throwaway character. Which, by the way, highly recommend anybody picking up that uh, Ravnica... Oh, expansion so for yes. D and D. Those characters in there, the the amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I loved that uh, your characters, well, funny because they were a one shot. Also, did kind of fit the uh, they fit the one shot, even though you guys didn't know the premise at the time, which was chasing down a polymorphic goat. God, that's so nice. freaking hilarious. Nice. That's that's called serendipity. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and it it, it was great because it just fit the whole. I mean, it's a one shot. It was supposed to be over the top or something like that right. and you guys had your theme characters that's right? that's my thing completely with a one shot is I do lean heavily on the shtick absolutely like, I'll choose the one absolutely. thing like I made a uh, uh, a cavalier fighter that I leaned really heavy into I wanted to make sure the mechanic worked with mounted combat that's the that is the greatest time to experiment with anything if you have something that you've never done before and that you want to try. That is the entire idea of a one shot. Get somebody, get some people together for two and a half to three hours, and just just say, "Hey, I want to try to do this. Like, I want to, I want, I want to." Have you ever leaned into a long camp? Not necessarily a long camp because nobody knows if they're going to be in a long camp. Right. Exactly. Uh, right. Exactly. We're very lucky to go four years. Right. But when you're thinking of a character for a campaign, have you ever thought about? Okay, Narius. Well, I want the shtick. Like yeah, Narius was built right? to kill one thing. Snipe. Like literally, yes, because because I had I when I was reading about it, I was like, all right, paladins are built for DPS. Like I again I I leaned into that's where I leaned into video games a little bit. I was like, all right, so what the holy what Trinity, does it So you're talking DPS, you're talking about the Holy Trinity, you have tank healer DPS. That's right, that's right. So you figure D D worked the same way. That I that's what I, I took I took Do you still think D D works that nope. same way? No, no, so absolutely. Is bullshit? Can I, no, can I get somebody to say that on the record? No. Healing is bullshit. No, I actually. No. You guys would absolutely have died a long time ago <laughs> if healing was bullshit. Di- ex- exactly. I know Velst himself, the cleric, does not heal, and it all rests on Avalith. <laughs> the druid has to. Exactly. Druids are broken. The whole everybody knows this. It's the one subclass or one class that is. But yes, I did lean into. You want to break big D&D sword, hit things. Hit things hard, smite, and that's what it is. Like I, so that was the cornerstone, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was what you mm-hmm. built the character yep. out of. That's it. So as the game, as the campaign went on, did you find yourself regretting building that cornerstone? No, no, because I found because I because that was the niche in the group. So I said so when when I realized like around level ten, level eleven, like all right, so I'm not going to be doing AOE spells. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be the character that's taking on multiple characters. I'm the guy who goes and finds the big guy and goes and hits him. So when we hit that point, I said, all right, so that's when that's what Narius is going to be mechanically. Right. Narratively, this is what he's going to be. So I focused, narr- I focused Narius's whole being into different aspects of the game narratively and stuff and just said, when it comes time to for us to roll dice to kill things... Narius cares about killing the big guy quick, fast, and in a hurry. So I, so I took what I had built him for in the early stages, and I just leaned into other areas later on. Okay. Did you find yourself um, wanting to change at all? I mean, I know you brought in a multi-class of Bloodhunter. Was that because you felt that your character was accomplished everything you could do as a Yeah, I don't like not having cantrips. Yeah, cantrips are awesome. Yeah, yeah, Eldritch Blast was cool. Yeah, yeah, it is one of that, my favorite things. That was one of those few things where I was like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it do this so I can blast it with Eldritch Blast." Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I completely think Paladin should get a cantrip. You know, I think it's well, bullshit it, that there's any spellcasters that don't get cantrips is 
ridiculous. It, well, it was it was a combination of that and the fact that uh, his man crush Matt Mercer had just released the official rules for Blood Hunter. Oh, was that really? Did that play heavy into it? Only a little bit. <laughs> I could have sworn that it had nothing to do with it. That you were just like, I just want to fucking. No, it was absolutely coincidental. I didn't think it had anything to do no. with them releasing the. Uh, no, there's it? no such thing as coincidence. What is it? What's, there, what's that book called? Oh Tal no, it wasn't Kent. in a book. Tal he Ray actually Kent. released the the rules separately. Yes, oh, yes. No, oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely, okay. I was. Just, That's what he chose to do is when he released those rules. No, I was just wet for blunt hurters. That's all. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I don't follow Critical Role that much. I know they've brought in Bloodhunter. Uh, was gun mage or was it what gunslinger? Gun now yeah, that's gunslinger. a fucking cool class. A gun yeah. mage, you should make that. Yeah, well, I, there a is a gun that works like a wand. There is <laughs> for anybody who wants to know. There is a Final Fantasy D and D crossover where they take Final Fantasy jobs and turn them into D and D classes and subclasses. So if you ever want to play gun mage or dark knight or you know, white mage. Those are all available. I can't remember who did it. If you search, I'm sure it'll come up. But they're, they, the supplemental material is insane. If you let me play a gun mage, I am going to end up... It's just going to be Final Fantasy VIII straight up in this bitch. That's exactly right. <laughs> that, at, at that point, that's what we've reached. So I think that's a good place for us to call it a night. We've touched on a bunch of different areas. We've We've talked about the different character creators... I hope you guys enjoyed this content. Please check out our stream on Twitch. We are The Negotiators. Twitch.tv backslash The Negotiators. All one word. The background picture is a critical fail. So thank you guys so much for coming by. My name is Lucas. This is Justin. And Michael. You guys have a great night. Thank you. Thank you.